1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score Nord Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
0: Hockey! Yeah. yeah,
1: My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show.
0: Well, welcome to Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, today it is uh, Zolgad and Declan Goff, Lindsey Brown out on this one. Uh, but, Declan, I wanted to uh, call this impromptu show because Michael Russo, the athletic, just had a very interesting sit-down, lengthy sit-down, and we can start our conversation about this with the Wilds' Zach Parisi. And uh, Parisi talked about a uh, variety of subjects, but I want to start with this one, Declan. I will read this Okay. from The Athletic, and this is Michael's reporting, okay? Okay. So it involves Parisi to start off with. Sources have told The Athletic that at the draft and in the weeks since the draft, Wild general manager Paul Fenton has explored what teams may have interest in Parisi. But even if Fenton finds a trade partner, it's a very tricky and delicate situation. Peruso, uh, first, Parisi would have to be willing to waive his no move clause to go there. Second, in a transaction where the Wild would almost certainly or surely have to retain some salary and cap hit Fenton, would still have to ensure he gets quality in return. And then also there's the fact that if Parise were to retire early, there's, uh, there's right. language that would come back to bite the Wild in the butt really badly, and also the team he went to. But with where the Wild stands right now, what are your thoughts? If you could cut through all the red tape, what are your thoughts of moving Zach Parisi, who, if I'm not mistaken, turned 35 on Sunday?
2: Really difficult to do, obviously. Um, if you could find a sucker to take the contract great I mean he's turning 35 and he had a a good season last year for the first time in about four years and he returned to the player he used to be but trying to get rid of that contract is going to be extremely tough and you're going to most likely have to take on money now the wild have pretty much been in a rut for the last five years with buyouts and dead contracts so in one case they're kind of already used to that on the other hand, do you want to be putting yourself in a position year in and year out where you're essentially retaining about you know three to five percent of your salary cap in dead money? And I think that's what the Wild will have to have to answer. I don't. If you're going to trade him, the return I don't really know necessarily matters a whole lot because because that's what some fans will say. Oh, you got to get a lot back. I don't think that's plausible because you're going to the other team that's receiving him is going to have to be taking on the contract for what. Six more, seven more years, mm-hmm. yeah. at about seven and a half million, if they want to take it on full. Which I just, I don't see that happening. And and Zach's a guy that, even though he did have a nice season last year, can he keep this up into his late thirties and even into his early forties? I think the answer to that question is playing the
0: style he plays. Absolutely not. Right. I, I mean, I he plays very, very hard, and that's what has made him at one time, at least at one time, a star player. But his style of play, there is no way that he's going to spend the rest of this contract, or I should say however long he chooses to play healthy. So uh, starting with this year, it's one, two, three, four, five, six more years. Now, now, if you look at the end of the contract, both he and Ryan have identical 13-year, $98 million deals. It goes down to next to nothing. But there's still a, a substantial cap hit there. So the interesting thing about this, too, is Parisi's comments to Russo make it very clear that he would be at least open to a trade. Right. He he thinks, and he's right, his basic thing is, I'm turning th- 35 and this team is nowhere near being as competitive, because then he, he says something along the lines of, well, we need all our young guys to play well, not to put pressure on them, and to expect that is absolutely, across, across the board, is absolutely not r- realistic, but... Again, it just goes to show the the unknowns about the direction of this team and what they're going to do and who wants to be here and who doesn't. And also, you know, the thing they're going to – Dex have to acknowledge here at some point in time too and just come out and say it was we swung for the fences with Ryan and Zach. And I don't think any Minnesota sports fan – I certainly have no problem with that. Like going back – Going back now, knowing what we know about these, these contracts, and, and I, I believe now the max contract that you can do with your own team even is eight years and outside of seven. So much like the Garnett contract changed the NBA when he signed it with the Wolves, these contracts changed uh, the National Hockey League. But, you know, the Wilds going to have to at some time just fess up and say, we tried, it didn't work. Because you can't expect... Parisian suitor to take you to a Stanley Cup now they just can't do it no, I don't think they can and, and I do think it's it's interesting though Declan that for the first time Zach has definitely opened up the door very wide to hey have you approached me with the trade and it can work out I think getting him to waive the no move clause now if you were to send him to a competitive team is actually no problem at all
2: yeah I think actually that's the good news of where the conversation is at because he's now thinking about it more and he came here on the heels of a finals run with New Jersey I remember that too. I mean, he went to the finals and then he came to the Minnesota. So he had the taste. He was almost right there with New Jersey to hoist the cup. Only time. And right? it's and it's, and it, and it's kind of yeah. funny to think if he maybe he would have won that cup, would he have still come here? Because he would have gotten his trophy, would be able to come home. He obviously had some very candid moments to talk about with his father, who got diagnosed with cancer and then eventually passed away. And he said he wouldn't change that, change any of that for a minute, and nor should he. Um, but now. I know his family's from here, and his and his kids are settling in. But as a life of a professional, as a guy that's getting towards the twilight of his career, yep, sorry. He, he's he is. he's a, he's been a vet now. He's thirty five years old, and he's been hurt a lot too. He's so been you're, hurt. You're not wrong. and he also confessed, too, that we just the the wild ran into the juggernauts of Chicago at the worst possible time when they're at the peak of their dynasty. And there was, I think, honestly maybe a little bit of a cheap shot saying that, he, if we were one piece away, knowing like, yeah, the panic didn't work. And what position though? Center. Right. Center. Right. That that was a that was
0: a not so veiled. And even if he didn't mean it to me, that says anybody who thought Koivu at any point in time was, was a true one was wrong. Right. That's what that meant, right? One hundred percent. That and that doesn't mean. Listen, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that Miko in his prime was not a good player because I think he was. Yes. And I think that there, you know, he can still do some things now, not as much. And and obviously, uh, coming off an ACL, it's going to be more difficult for him. But to me, that quote was very frontal of, and he's right. And that's how long have we talked about that? Right. That you've lacked for years now that. Taze, that bullet number one center, no doubt about it. Yeah. This is one of the most important positions. It's a quarterback in football.
2: Yeah. I thought that, that was a very intriguing and, by the way, correct statement by Zach Parisi. So, yeah, I, I think that's where the Wild are at. It's it's probably more good news than it was even a year ago. Because you, if you asked a year ago, would he ever raise no-movement clause, I'd say less than 1%. Now, if I if I had to give a gauge of it, I would say it's it's definitely in double digits. It, it's above ten. It's above twenty, which is telling me that if if the right suitors could come along and if he could no, propose see, right suitor. suitors, huh? yeah, and that's could, could they include both of them? Could they no, could no, they, you, they could even do it? No, that's but I've got a question million. off of that point. Go keep going. But but with Parisi. Him now being uh, asked with the question, "Would I move it?" and him thinking about it, and him being up there in age, it's definitely a lot more plausible than it was a year ago. And that should be good news if you want this wild team to get younger, which they still are not very young. They're still a very old team. They just signed Matt Zuccarello, who is in his thirties, to a full no movement clause. So, if they want to get young, I promised I wouldn't talk about. That. They need to get rid of one lengthy contract, and it's probably easy. So I I
0: believe the term that uh, Russo brought up throughout the course of the piece that he wrote um, about Zach was recapture language, which is basically if he retires early, it's going to be, as I said, a huge pain in the ass to the wild financially and even the team that trades for him. But you know, I think the interesting thing, so, so let's back up for one second. Okay. Cause I agree with you. I think if you trade Zach, for those who think, well, I got to make a killing off that. It's just not going to happen. It's not possible. He's 35. He's a nice player, but he is a co, he is probably a third line complimentary piece on a very good team, which is, could help you, but I ain't giving up the farm for that. But let's talk about where, where, um, Parisi's possible departure or suitor. Probably not both, because I'm guessing that 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 would be a financial nightmare of some sort. But let's just talk about one of their departures. Not so much in in the context of, on the ice, does this get you a younger, really good player? Because it probably does not. But in this context, every time you look around that room right now, and you see Zach and Ryan both there, it's a reminder of what you didn't do. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you fell woefully short. For as fun as the day that they signed was, they fell they fell as short as if Cousins bombs again, yeah. like that short. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, yes, it got you back to the playoffs and it sold tickets, but if you're a true hockey fan or sports fan and have a realistic view on where things should go, this will end up being a massive bust. But that being said, if you remove one or both, but let's say just one you get a fresh start, too. Yep. And and in sports, and I know if we're talking fantasy sports, it's just stats, blah, 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 or the analytics say this, which, you know what, no problem with that. But if you're talking the term that Patrick Royce hates, but you hear more and more now, Declan, which is culture. You know, if I'm a young player now, and you take one of those guys out of the room, or let's say Koivu's out as well, and now it's our room, and now we can start something new. I almost feel like the presence of Koivu, Suter, and Parisi – is just a reminder of what you can't do now. Cuz I don't cuz they're all at best they're all complementary pieces and Ryan can play a ton, but come on. When when we're talking about the the way that the game is skewed now and how the game is played if you're talking about Stanley Cup players, he's not a Stanley Cup player. So is the is the potential removal of some of these guys as important in the locker room or more so as it actually is on the ice because it does give you a fresh start and I think it would also Declan give you some feeling for uh, for what we don't have right now which is direction correct
2: and I that's where I want the wild to figure out where they want to go do you want to continue just to scrape the surface of being a wild card team just for the sanity of getting into the playoffs and selling tickets and and for season ticket renewals I get from the business side that should be your goal 100% but this team is so far behind everyone else in the West that you're just going to be stuck in the middle forever. Uh, not forever, for a good foreseeable future. And if you want to get rid of Parisi or Suter, that will at least help you understand where this team is going. You have Cunning and Donato and Greenway on this shuffle of, well, they might not make the team A, because of logjam, and B, because if they don't show up, they don't deserve to play, which I'm so sick of hearing. And now, Denator did
0: get a one-way contract, and correct? There, so that's yeah. the good news He there.
2: probably is... He's safe, I think. Probably pretty safe. It's Greenway or Cunning now that are... But you're talking Pebrian. about guys who need chances to play top six. Yeah, and, and and we're getting into a stage of hockey where, you know what, a top nine rolls out there a little bit more than it does... A top nine is now new the top six, in a way. Sure. You have you're guys great. playing more minutes well, on the bottom six than you ever have before. fourth line's important now, too. Yes, so... I'm okay with the fact um, of that the culture of hockey is changing, but I would much rather see guys like Donato and Cunnan and Fiala getting every opportunity to be in a top-six role of 15 to 17 minutes a night instead of just being this 11-, 12-minute guy and, oh, his points per 60 are high, but if he played more minutes, he could do this. Well, let's just give them the opportunity instead of just relying on this fact of, oh, but, but, they, but they, they're doing well in this limited role. No, give them a full role. Let them learn. Let them fail. That's what I'd much rather see, and that would solidify a lottery chance. It would help you get a superstar here, which this team hasn't had. It would be great for the Wild if they could get rid of one of the contracts and give the young kids more playing time. Yeah, and
0: Zach and Ryan and Miko, if and and when he comes back, which I'm not sure exactly when he is due to come back, it sounds like he's doing pretty well. So it might be opening night. I don't know, but you know, they're always going to, if they're on that bench, they're always going to be demanding playing time. They're always going to want to be on the first power play. They're always going to want this and that. And, and that time is just about gone. I mean, look at the ages, look at, look at the, and you know, it, In Boudreaux's defense, if you're Bruce, I don't think it's very simple to say, hey, I know you're making 98 million over 13 years, but you ain't playing as much, right? Right. And and so I just, I think for as much for a culture shift of where things are and where this team is going to go, and that's the frustrating thing is you just don't know right now. But at least if you had a definite, and even if it wasn't going to be good for a while, if you just had the definite plan, and and now your core, your true core, your true, okay, these are your guys right now, are, go through it. Spurgeon and Dumba, Zucker Donato. In a way. Yeah, but but guys that you could say, okay, I get where this is going. I get that it's a younger group. I get that it's going to make mistakes. But, but it gives us a chance, too, to be competitive eventually, to build something. Because, you know... Suter and Miko and Zach have all – they've all plateaued long ago. Like, they were all – they're all where they're going to be. And can they occasionally have good regular season games? Probably, yes. But the problem is, can they have enough to lift you? Absolutely not.
2: No. And – We've already seen what this team can do when they're when they're the focal point, right? We that we've seen uh, first and second round exits, multiple years of first and second round exits. So you know that those guys aren't the Parises and the suitors and the Koivus are gonna need more supplemental help. That era tried, it didn't work. So with Donato and Greenway and Cunning, I'd just rather see them get minutes and get opportunities to see what they can do and then three or five years down the road. You can see what needs to be added, who takes a step forward, who's not with the organization anymore, because that's what the Wild have to answer. And I, 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 just keep harping on Donato getting, you know, top, top three minutes, and, and Greenway and Cunning having every opportunity to be successful players, and it just they're buried down this food chain of of veteran players they're still one of the oldest rosters in the league and and i don't see any good situation best case scenario is and eric Stahl too and eric stall he's also plateaued another model. another one that if you would have just had that contract of what it was that original three-year deal you would have been like you know what we got everything out yep. of that well, contract and it was goals. great and it Absolutely. was great and that, and now you renew it and once again you're stuck with an aging center who is on the wrong side of his career
0: Okay, here's uh, a quote that uh, Zach gave to Russo in The Athletic Story. It's a little bit long, but I want to read you this quote and get your reaction now well after the fact. Because Zach's the type of guy, he's a very smart guy. And he's he's the type of guy that doesn't usually say stuff without having a meaning behind it. So he's just not like running his mouth for the sake of it. And I think he's going in a very interesting direction here, and I think it's very pointed. And so I'm going to read this to you, and we'll start with you for reactions. Quote Zach Parise in uh, Michael Russo's story in The Athletic. I thought that the second and third year that he was here, we had very good teams, and I thought we were one— player or one good center that's the quote (laughs) from being probably one of the top teams in the west we just happened to hit chicago right in the midst of their dynasty and then unfortunately since then it's kind of gone the other direction we didn't follow the progression of going up like everyone including myself had anticipated it's probably a combination of every team in our division getting better and we didn't elevate like everyone expected us to all right i want your interpretation of that from the fletcher perspective that he's clearly talking about the Leopold perspective, and I guess just as importantly, he is he is pointing fault here. And fault does exist. How guilty is the Wild, and, and part of this is being cash-trapped by the two contracts, but how guilty are they of going all in on July 4th, 2012, and then not doing a very good job of following it through enough? You know, they bring in the, well, they brought in Vanek, which didn't work. No. Matt Cullen, but just your
2: interpretation of that quote. Yeah, it makes me think that, you know, when Parise and Suter signed here, that Leopold and Fletcher both said, you know, this is the first step. We'll get you guys in here. This will change the culture of the team, which or change the culture of the fan perception in the state of hockey, which it did. And then we will address the needs that we need to figure out. And you got to remember, too, for the first three years of that contract, I mean, how many goalies did they run out there? Especially when they, I mean, they had Briz Golov starting. Dubnik and,
0: was a hail mary.
2: And it was a hail mary, but it took the, it took a hail mary and a shot that's, in the dark. That's to what he's fi- fi- that's what he's saying right, to figure it's out the goalie rotation where they had Backstrom and Harding and Brzgalov and Kemper. They they knew that there were still holes on this team, and I think they realized that all right. If over time we'll figure out what we can do, and and Dubnik worked out, that was great. The biggest swings and misses, though, were obviously Vanek, who was a guy I've tried to defend. But, you know, looking back on it, it was a huge disappointment, and I, I'm not going to f- hide from that either. And they tried to supplement the roster with those guys like Vanek and Pominville and Cullen and even Matt Molson, for God's sakes. So they tried, and it just didn't work. And I think looking back, I, I think in the moment, maybe Prezi and Suda were fine with those deals when it happened on the trade deadline. But then they look back and they and they see the juggernauts of running into Chicago and they're but like man we were But you could see we Chicago
0: I mean Chicago right. was coming or Chicago is there, there so like that didn't take you off guard you no. you had to be preparing for the fact that you had to beat the Blackhawks they yeah. clearly thought the two guys could do it but your goaltending point a great point
2: Yeah it took them th- he was acquired in 2015, right? In January 2015, Dubnik was. Dubnik,
0: yeah, probably, yeah, because they they got him in Buffalo
2: from Arizona. Yep. So it took basically almost. But they was, were almost they were on the playoffs at that point. It, it took them in the year three of their contract to figure out the goalie situation. That's what I'm saying is, yeah. And and Chicago didn't catch you by surprise. No, that you knew who uh, Goliath was. Yes. Yeah.
0: So you thought, I mean, you you extremely miscalculated what it was going to take to slay Goliath. Yep. By a
2: lot. By a lot. And looking back on it and now they know that the entire division has just improved. I mean Chicago so now, went yeah. Chicago went down. I'm talking right. them, but I'm talking that going into the teeth of what you were yeah. going into with those two players who were going to and
0: by the way, this was cup or bust. Yeah. This was Cousins Cousins unfortunately now, but he he is and was Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. This was Stanley Cup. Zach talks openly about, you know, the expectation we'd be parading the cup around a few times.
2: No kidding. 100%. So at the time in 2013 to 20, even 16, I'll go that there was a window in the West where yes, Chicago was it, but then it was volatile. Everyone else wasn't as strong or didn't scare you enough. I know the Kings had some pop-up seasons. The Ducks were still hanging around there, and Boudreaux was still coaching Anaheim. But those teams you knew were going to falter, and if we made the right pieces, we can just we can be a in that group and even better than that group. And looking back on it with Zach's comments, now he knows, like, man, we weren't even close. And even though he had a good personal life here and, and family worked out, and I, I'm happy for him that he got to experience that, but I think as a professional, around his dad, absolutely.
0: He, he knows yes.
2: that this, is, this can't continue and that... He knows that the writing is on the wall of what this wild team can be and it's what you and I just talked about. It's a fringe playoff team, it's an old roster, it's a confusing general manager, it's a great head coach who is caught just unfortunately in the middle of all of it and he knows that if I want this cup, it's probably not in Minnesota. Well and I I guess the
0: other question too is did they have the right coach at that time back then for that group or should you've tried a veteran coach? Yeah. Because we we now know that managing the egos of Koivu and Zach and Ryan Suter is not simple. N- knowing what we know now, I would have said you need to get a coach that can do this. Yeah.
2: It'd be interesting. And you can lay
0: down the law very quickly about how, how things are going to operate.
2: If you put Boudreaux on this team in 2013, I do wonder if things could have gone a little differently, for sure. And I, I know the players play and the coaches coach, but Mike Yo is clearly in way over his head at pretty much every stop he's been at, and he's a really nice guy. You know what? Mike Yo's a really nice guy. But he's just not a head coach, and that's okay. That happens in sports a ton, where you see guys that are great coordinators and not good coaches, and they fill their role and it works out for them. And, and for Mike Yo, I think he'll be a fine assistant coach, and he's a good he's a good co-pilot. But that is another great fact, uh, a great a great note that if they had the right piece leading this ship, because you you already knew, or maybe we didn't know that this room would, was going to be as toxic as it was, or not as strong as it should be. So you need a coach. Or a GM that's going to be able to bridge that factor, and now with Madonna here, that's another interesting layer of he's kind of going to be hopefully the buffer. And I know he's on the business side for now, but but that's a that's a placeholder term. You know for a fact he's going to be much more involved hockey with ups, with the hockey like operations of this team. Shanahan going forward. is in Toronto. Exactly.
0: So if you have the opportunity uh, to trade Parisi in, in a deal that's not going to that's going to get you something back, but not a ton back, and you can. And a team is, you know, you, you clearly have to take on some of his salary, but a team will take on the rest. And there's some risk there, certainly if he retires. Now I think if he gets hurt though, then then it changes. It gets complicated. It gets complicated,
2: but I think it changes. Do you make that trade? Yeah. I think what I would try to do so if he's making seven and a half million, that's his cap hit till till the end of this contract. Right, it it goes down what he gets money wise, but, the cap, but hit the cap is the hits, same, though. Yes. It's is the same. So Correct. if you could find if if you could find the trade, whoever it may be, and the Wild retain let's say three million per year. Let's say three, which is still a hefty hefty hit, but three million a year for five more years. So that means Zach would be here for would would be traded next season. I think I would entertain that. I would entertain that, all right, team X, you're gonna pay him the four and a half million. We will retain the three million for the next five years. And what we get is what we get. The, the you, you open up the door of more salary cap it's for a, you. It's a dump of a player. It's yeah. a dump, and you're not going to get a great return if someone can give you a first round pick or second round pick. Great, but I wouldn't expect an NHL player like Ryan Donato back necessarily in the deal. You're going to have to. You're going to have. You're 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 getting rid of Parise and Suter's contract to open up the door for you to be better going forward. To to, to be in a more direction going forward, not necessarily better right away.
0: So Here's a direct quote from Zach when uh, when Russo in the Athletic Story asked directly if he would ever accept a trade. Parisi said, I think I want to win. I want to win here, and I do love everything away from the rink. We've got so many friends through the kids away from the rink, away from hockey. It's so great. It is great, so that's the hard part. But you get to that point where you want to win. That's all you want to do. Trust me, we'd all love to win here. I think this place would be absolute insanity if we won here. So that's the goal. I mean, I just don't know. Let's put it this way: they haven't come to me asking if I want to get traded somewhere. We love everything about Minnesota. It's just the hockey part lately has been difficult. Sounds to me like a guy who, if he was going to be sent to the, th- the right place, and he also said that he now daydreams about the list of teams that, when he signed here in 2012, yeah. he passed up, like the Blackhawks, I believe, were on that that list. That's
2: that's it, that part was really interesting. Do you know what? Do you
0: know what strikes me? as uh the baseball trade deadline approaches at three p m on Wednesday Declan, and we see one team make very odd moves, and I realize the wild is very much this team. the wild's the Mets,
2: <laughs> unfortunately, the wild is the better Mets. coach, but yes or oh, right.
0: oh yeah, 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 no, no, I'm not saying yeah, Bruce yeah, Mickey, and Mickey Calloway have not mean. the same though. no, I'm saying right. uh structurally though, how things are like. You're trade, Okay, you're you're getting younger, but then you sign Zuccarello and you re-sign Stull, but you get Fiala, and, and I like part of the plan, but you get Fiala and you get Donato, and you're trading away a core group that you decided didn't work, but you're bringing them in to mingle with this group that's not necessarily should stay here. It's
2: yeah, you're it's trading in for Cano. Like I can't tell you what yeah. the nets are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I can't tell you
0: right now. And if you ask me, and I I know that that. Uh, um, the, the guy that does the serious xm gm grades yeah uh, boomer gordon gave the wild and i and he also gave the flyers but it wasn't all on fletcher it, it dated to hextall he gave them both f's and, and i heard his explanation or a large part for both of them on his show and he basically said what i just said which is I can't tell you what they're doing. There's no right. message here. There's no, there's no coherent plan here. Like GMs need plans. What's the plan? And the plan is sort of like, well, today we're gonna, we're, today we're gonna get young, and tomorrow we're gonna get older.
2: Yeah. So I thought D plus, and that's what I think I said on the last Judd's Hockey Show is I, I thought D plus because just, just from the sanity of you did try, if you're Fenton, you tried to appeal to the ownership and the fan base of, hey, look, we got this really nice skilled winger, and and he puts up 50 to 60 points when he's healthy, and he's a good contributor on any team. But giving him a full no movement clause, a guy that's on the wrong side of thirty, and only how, uh, only uh, handicapping yourself more on the salary cap, that is an F, man. That that's not even close to what you should be attempting to do. I'm not saying the Wild should have necessarily stood pat, but I would have much rather seen them taking a flyer on a guy like Wayne Simmons for one year, or Guzzav with uh with with New Jersey. I would have much rather seen from them from Vegas, from Vegas, the guy
0: that you were pushing for. hard yes. you were making
2: a lot of phone calls. I I was you, making phone. calls. You were calls.
0: calling the uh the the Golden Knights. Front office continually. You had a great – yeah. You know what, though? I think an F is fair, but to be fair about that comment, I think an F is fair, but – and you pointed this out either on the last Jets Hockey Show or two shows ago, and you're a 1,000 percent right, and we need to nail this home way more. An F is fair, but it's not all on Fenton. Like right. it's easy to dump on Fenton, and I'm not saying that I think he's doing a great job because I don't. But, the, but to your, to what you said previously, where I totally agree is Craig Leopold has to take blame here too. Yep. Because it's, it's, it's as if Fenton is doing what I thought for sure he would tell Craig he couldn't do, which is he's doing two plans. One is his plan, because there's no question Fiala's his plan. Yeah. Donato's his plan. And I actually sort of like that plan. Like, okay, it might not work, but I'm I'm all for the change of the previous plan with Chuck didn't work, and Chuck got blown out, so let's do something new. So I, I side with that part of the plan from Paul Fenton. But then it's like the Craig plan, which is we got to re-up stall, right? We got to, you know, do I really think in my heart of hearts that Paul Fenton thought to himself, Zuccarello looks like a guy I'd love to give a no move to? I mean, he's just gone through, and he's talked about this, he's just gone through salary cap contract hell. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Why?
2: So why would you do that? Yeah. Why would? You?
0: And you know, I think we talked about this. If you get Zuccarello on a three-year co- uh, contract that you can trade him, okay. Yeah, for sure. And gamble it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so just to just to be clear, I think an F is fair for the Wild,
2: but to put it, that F all on Paul Fenton is unfair. Yeah, it's not fair at all. And and you have conflicting heads here, and and that's where I feel just even way. Or uh, feel so bad for Bruce because Bruce Boudreau is a oh, great head coach. And he he's just
0: a kid in the divorce and stuck in the middle.
2: Of the and divorce. he's in the last year of his contract. And, and he talked with Doogie on the scoop a, few, a week or two back that he said, all I can do is do the best I can. And, and if I'm rewarded, I'm rewarded. And I think he knows that this this is this is almost a lost cause. Uh, and do you and think Bruce I feel is, awful.
0: Do you think Bruce is making active plans right now to be home for Thanksgiving or Christmas?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think he's making active plans to be here because he's so, he's so in love with hockey. And, that th-
0: and by the way, I think he should be. Yeah. I am not advocating for his dismissal yes. at all. This is not his fault. I actually like him a lot and I think he's a very good coach.
2: I think he, I know Jacques Lemaire. I'm just saying it's,
0: I don't, I think you're right about saying it's a no win.
2: Yeah. And I know Jacques Lemaire obviously was the first franchise coach and, and took him, you know, took oh. this expansion team to playoff runs in the Western Conference run. But I, in my opinion, Bruce Boudreau is, the best coach the Wild have had, and and, and and since at least since him, obviously. So come on, the trap. Uh, yeah, the trap in 2001 to 2004 was. It could was bore great. you to death, but they got the coach. But they could work. It could work. So yeah, I just feel so bad for Bruce because he's gonna he's gonna be a, a victim of of what the hell is next.
0: All right, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, Judd's Hockey Show. When will we be back exactly? That's a good question. I really can't tell you, but as soon as there's some, some news or something, I'm sure we will have a, another episode. Talk to y'all later.
1: If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.